Hallo, mein Name ist Christiane Wirz. Ich bin Coach und Autorin aus Köln und ich weiß, wie sich etwas aus Krisen machen lässt. Herzlich willkommen. Zu Gast heute habe ich hier in einem virtuellen ähm, Gesprächsrahmen Jeff Davis aus Rotterdam. Jeff äh, versteht mich, er nickt. Er ähm, äh, ist eigentlich in den USA groß geworden und hat aber europäische Wurzeln. Jeff ist auch jemand, der, ähm, ja, der, der im Bereich unterwegs ist, ähm, sich dafür einzusetzen, dass ähm, Mental Health Herausforderungen, Neigungen, ähm, Krisen, wie man das auch immer bezeichnen möchte, äh, dass die ernst genommen werden, aber dass die eben nicht dazu führen, dass man irgendwie stigmatisiert und ausgegrenzt wird. Ich wechsle jetzt äh, ins Englische und dann kann Jeff ein bisschen mehr von sich erzählen. Ähm, guten Abend, Jeff. Uh, hello, Jeff. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Christiane. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and it's a pleasure to speak with you. Jeff, tell us a little bit about, um, just introduce yourself a little bit. I mean, who, who are you? Uh, what are you doing in Rotterdam? I mean, like everybody thinks that in the States, everything is wonderful. Oh, not everybody thinks that, but uh, usually, uh, usually you could say um, it might be, uh, it might be better to live in the States because you can earn more money or I don't know what. So what brought you to Ro to Europe and, um, What do you have to do with the, uh, uh, the subject mental health? Absolutely. So I have a, a few thoughts here. So my name is Jeff Davis, as, as we've established. I am 100% European, 75% Irish, 25% Hungarian. And I grew up in a state called Connecticut, which is a little bit near New York. So not everyone knows Connecticut, but New York is a bit more well known. So I grew up in the US, but I'm actually 100% European. Um, very quickly, I'm a, a mental health expert. I'm also an award-winning author, professional speaker, and I do some coaching as well. I do a lot of writing, blogging, etc. I want to go back very quickly to a study abroad experience I had. It was from 2009 through 2010. It was in Budapest, Hungary, and I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. And this explains what I'm doing out here now. So this was uh, at this point now a good 10, 11, 12 years ago. And I was abroad for an entire year. I traveled all around Europe. I was living in Budapest, but I traveled all around Europe and I just loved it. And I, and I have to tell you, you know, not enough Americans really travel or get out of the country. And I, I just fell in love with traveling. I fell in love with Europe. And since then, I went back, uh, back to the United States in, in 2010. But I always wanted to come back to Europe. I visited, but I never actually moved. And then uh, in 2017, I got my Irish passport and I wanted to come back. And what brings me to the Netherlands is actually, this is where um, my girlfriend is, is from and we live together here and she's wonderful. We've been together for many years. I, but it's a win-win because I had always already wanted to come to Europe. Um, so I came to Europe and I wanted to live in some country out here. I'm living with her and this was a dream of mine ever since studying abroad. It's been, it's been definitely a great experience. Of course, there are ups and downs, but I moved, um, To the Netherlands in late 2017. So I've been here now, living here more than three years, and yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a journey, uh, but it's been incredible as well. And, and uh, I'm definitely glad that I'm I'm living out here, especially with 
all that's happening in America, I'm, I'm glad to be in the Netherlands. So. <laughs> well, Jeff, tell us a little bit. I mean, if, if you're allowed to tell us a little bit about your girlfriend. I mean, how did you met her? I mean, is she European? Does she have a, a US uh, background too? Did you meet her in Hungary or in Ireland or... I mean, we want to hear romantic stories. <laughs> I, I very much appreciate the interest. Well, I was 24 years old and I competed in a public speaking contest. You may have heard of the organization. It's called Toastmasters. They, they help you improve both your leadership and your public speaking. And this is how I got my start with public speaking. And I competed in a public speaking contest, competing against the best speakers from the Northeast, so like New York and Connecticut and Massachusetts. And I won at all these levels and no people didn't think I was going to win. I, I, I was young. I mean, I was 24 years old. This was seven years ago and I kept winning. And then I got to the big district, which was regional, like the best speakers from the whole region. And I won first place. And then I went to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia and competed in the, the world championships of public speaking. And I almost became the youngest public speaking champion in the history of the world. And in Kuala Lumpur is where I met my current girlfriend. It's yeah, so it's a, it's a fluke. It's a fluke how it happened because, and, and I don't just mean a fluke how we met in the airport in Malaysia, but also I think back to the, those contests and it was unbelievable that I won. I mean, I was competing against people who were, were way more well-known and more experienced than me, but I went in there with my, my fire and my energy and my content and I, I lit the room on fire and, and, and yeah, I didn't win the whole thing, but to even get to that level and to even compete on that stage at the, at the semifinals was incredible. And then on the airport, in the airport on the way home, I met her and uh, we stayed in touch for a while. We visited one another and now we're, Uh, we've been together for for a long time, uh, for 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 a good number of years now, and it's a great uh, it's a great um, relationship. I'm very grateful for it. So that's how we met in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. She is Dutch, but she was there traveling as well. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a crazy story. You can never predict it. So, yeah. You have been talking about the good content that you had. I mean, yeah. that maybe that maybe uh, fueled your fire to, to, I mean, to, to speak and, and, and inspire people in uh, Kuala Lumpur. I mean, like, what was, the, uh, what was the content? I mean, and do you want to give us a little piece of that now? I, I'd be honored to. I can tell you the content of the speech that got me there. The, the content of that speech, I'll, I'll go right to the core of it, is that I... I had a, uh, I was always living my life in the past to sort of please others and play it small. And I was always living for some day and never taking action today. And, um, and then I had a, a, a really big uh, wake up call. And, and that's where I realized some days today, you have to stop putting it off. And what the content of the speech was, was that I was looking for a publisher. Uh, and, and I mean like a publishing house to publish my first book. And I went through 79 rejections, um, this, this happened. And on the 80th attempt, and this, is, this inspired the audience, I'm this 24-year-old kid. On the 80th attempt, I finally get a publisher who says yes to me. It was a, a legitimate publishing house. They, they actually paid for my book. 
Um, again, I was in my, my early 20s, so I'm, I'm sure this was inspiring the audience. And and uh, on the 80th try, I find a publisher and I publish this book and then I, I spread the book around the world. And the moral of the story was that you have to stop waiting for some day and you have to take action today. Uh, it's a very simple message, but also very powerful. And the audience told me that they very they very much resonated with it because it's very normal to say someday this, someday that. And and the speech was called Someday is Today. And that's how I inspired the audience. I, I got this this miraculous publishing deal and uh, and and I went through all these rejections and and I told the audience every no is one step closer to that yes. Keep keep going, keep getting those no's, you're gonna get a yes. I had to go through a lot of rejection, but I found a publisher. That that almost got me to becoming the, the public speaking champion of the world. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, you're still young. Who knows? You know, Jeff. But but tell us a little bit more about the, the wake up call, let's say. I mean, I also had my wake up calls, but you can be inspired by somebody. But also there is also something like a, a magic thing leading you to this point. It can be a very depleting point. It can be a very high point. I mean, the, the low point can bring you to the high point. What was your, what was this wake up call? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit, um, the, the, the particular wake up call, and this is, this I shared in the speech as well. And it's a bit, it's a bit of a sad story, but it, it, I'm, well, I'll, I'll take you through that and take us through it. So it'll, it'll show, it'll, it'll, it'll get to something that will feel inspired, hopefully. Um, and it's, it's, it's very sad. And I, do, I actually don't talk about it a lot. I, I want to be very vulnerable and say that I, I shared it in that speech. So I want to, I want to share it now, but it's actually something I don't talk about a lot. So I'm actually going to be curious as to your reaction, because I also get mixed feedback on sharing it. And that is that, uh, um, there was actually a, a tragic shooting in my town, in my hometown, and specifically my mother's students were killed. Um, I have to tell you this, and, and I don't want to get too much on a sidebar, and, but the, the gun laws in America are just horrible. It's disgusting, and, and you hear shootings all the time. It, it's way too common, and I think it's very sad. Well, that what happened is I was going about my life, and, um, and my mother was in the school the, the morning it happened. She left uh, shortly before the shooter arrived. Uh, the shooter showed up and actually murdered her, her, her six- and seven-year-old students, and it, it, it just tore me apart. And I do want to say that I... I can't even imagine what the parents um, have gone through and are still going through. And this is very sad. And I want to be, I want to be very vulnerable here. When I, I, I talk about mental health, I'm a mental health expert. I don't share this story a lot now, but I did share it that seven years ago. It was also because it really did act as a wake up call for me. And um, I realized life is short. Um, and, and, I, and it happened not only in my community, but it happened to my old elementary school and where my mom taught. Uh, very, very, very sad. But what I what I like to tell the audience is don't wait for something like that to happen. It, it doesn't have to be something as big or as crazy as that. You can have you can have your turning point be something small or little. You can make that change today. So Cristiano is sharing with the audience, hey guys, don't wait for something sad like this to happen. Don't make the mistake I did. Take take that change, make that turning point now. So it's very sad. It's very it's heartbreaking and it's it's hard it's also hard to share. Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not the main story that I, that I, that I share. I, and now, now I, with the world, I share about how I, um, 
I almost committed suicide when I was 17 years old. That's the story I focus on now. But seven years ago in 2014, uh, when I was in this public speaking contest, that's the, the, the story I shared. And uh, the audience said that they found it inspiring and, and I'm sharing it with you now. So what, what do you think? I think it's inspiring. Yeah. And especially when you yeah. put that together with the other event, because sometimes I think it's not all the time just one little push. It's, you know, like um, yes, exactly. I had psychosis and I, and I knew, I mean, like five times and I knew And I also, I was on my way to do something with this psychosis, but I was, I was, I did talk about that with my friends. I did talk about that with some family members and um, with my former uh, uh, um, uh, uh, partner, but I, I, I didn't speak about that publicly. But the idea was when I had the second or third psychosis, I thought you have to do something with it. You have to do th something with it. You have to write about it. You have to make a movie about it. You have to make people understand what's going on. And I did a little bit, but I was still shy. I was still, you know, just, you know, putting a little bit there and, you know, um, and, you know, like working a little bit on it. And, and, it, and when I went, when I lost everything, like everything, everything, my job and stuff like that, and my f friends or some friends or so-called friends or, you know, when I was really, really in the clinic, And really, you know, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I was still alive and, you know, still uh, whatever. But, but then I thought, you just have to do it, you know, no matter what. And then, and, and after that, it was still, still, you know, a step one step after the other. You know, still, I didn't, I didn't talk about everything completely publicly you know i was doing radio pieces with a different name clara feldman and then i started to write the book about it and then i started you know and 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 now i want to hear some stages after your wake-up call you, you said that you wanted to commit suicide when you have been 17 do you want to tell us a little bit more about that i mean like you say you, you're talking about that to 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 make people understand this is what i think what you want to 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 say to make people understand what's going on, really. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, for, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for sharing that very inspiring, your own process of, of needing to get that out there to, to help others to share and how you share. And then there's, I, I was relating to you and then there's more to share and then you share, but it's still not everything. And that, so I was loving that. I was loving that. And yeah, I meant, I meant yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mentioned having this turning, this turning point uh, that occurred. But what I focus more on now, and I, and I also want to, I also want to be very, be very, very humble here and say that I do approach that tragic event very delicately. Um, and and I, I do mention it as a turning point um, it, when the timing is appropriate, like now. But the, the the story that I most focus on now, sharing with the world, is how I almost committed suicide at age 17. This was in the year 2007, 14 years ago. I'm now 31 years old. And I had a, a, a series of setbacks. I was a star baseball player. And uh, despite getting recruited by colleges to play at an elite level 
and doing very, very well in tryouts, I unexpectedly didn't make the team. Now that might seem like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, but I was actually also dealing with some physical and verbal abuse from other people. Um, I, had, I had people in my close circle who were putting me down. Um, I didn't really have good friends in high school. I had, there were some fake friends. I had no perspective, no coping mechanisms, no social support. Those three combined. No, no perspective, no coping mechanisms, no social support. And I, I, I unexpectedly got cut from the baseball team, and I'm keeping this story very brief, um, despite being a star player. And then I was also getting uh, physically and verbally abused uh, by, by others. Uh, and I, I, not only getting beat up physically, but also getting told I was worthless. And I, I, had, um, I had some very, very vicious uh, experiences there. And then I, I was depressed, cl clinically depressed for a year. And, and believe it or not, I actually thought about taking my own life. And I, I was very close to doing it. I mean, I actually went to the garage. I actually picked up the rope. Um, it, it was brutal. And then I, I actually called a friend. And I'll just say this before I wrap up. And, 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 I'm, and I'm not kidding with you. I remember this very clearly. I, my friend said, Jeff, I have to tell you, no one cares. I was, I was going to the tree to hang myself. I was clinically depressed. And the person I thought was my best friend said, Jeff, I have to tell you, no one cares. And, and just before I committed suicide, there was a spark of hope that went off inside me. I, I believe that came from some kind of higher power and I'm still here today. And, and, and I, 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 I abbreviated that story very much. I left a lot out. Uh, so that we're not talking here for two hours, but that's the story I share with the world and I get a lot of um, Messages from people who say that that story prevented them from committing suicide You know Jeff it, it might I ask you a little bit more I mean like what 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 did you feel when your friend said that did you feel? Did that deplete you even more or did you f think? fuck you Because of oh. you, I want to live. Oh. And I will share, I will show you one day. I, I will not do the same that you did. But I might enjoy one day wow. that you feel a little bit shitty. And I'm not, I don't want to be really bad. And I don't want to put you in the same situation like I have been. But you could feel a little bit like a, I don't know what, like somebody who was really shitty. Yeah, I felt both. I loved what you just said. I'm, I'm, lo I'm loving your thoughts here. This is a great conversation. It was, it was exactly both. I felt, I felt shitty. I felt depleted. I felt very misunderstood. I felt judged. I felt like my heart was ripped out. And at the same time, I also thought in my head, fuck you. That's nonsense. You know, he was very egotistical. He's also making it about him. I mean, I'm not one to complain every day. I'm not going around. I wasn't going around talking about my problems, but I, I was about to commit suicide. I was reaching out to somebody for help. And I, look, I, I do know he probably meant it as a form of tough love. And I know he was doing his best given his limited resources, but it it, it was very... It was very messed up. It was very fucked up that he said that. And, and there was a part of me that thought, fuck, fuck this guy. He doesn't get it. Very judgmental, a fake friend, a fake person, and just a really bad guy. And I'm not saying that out of resentment. I don't hold uh, anger towards him, but um, I would never, ever, ever be like him. And, and you nailed it because why am I the way I am? 
Why do I care so much? You know, a lot of people ask me, Jeff, why do you care so much? I care so much because at age 17, the person I thought was my best friend told me that no one cares about me at my worst moment in life, at my rock bottom moment. And that's why I go around the world writing and speaking and helping people who are suicidal and telling them that there are people who care, that I care, that Christian cares, that that others care as well. And, um, and I would never, ever be like him. So it's both at the same time, both. <laughs> yeah, I really understand. I mean, I don't know how to tell you that. Sometimes it's... Um... I mean, like to 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 blame somebody. I mean, to be to be bitter and to be you know to to hold this stuff and you know people make mistakes and people I don't know what and who knows exactly what I mean. He was seventeen, maybe two. Yeah, he was not he was. A, an, an adult, you know. He no. was stupid and I don't know what had his own problems, stuff like that. But still, he could have he could have chosen another way. I mean, there, there are people that have problems themselves and are 17 and who decide different. So it's not about judging these people who, who I don't know, who, um, who, let's say, made a mistake maybe, or I don't know, didn't behave in, in a way you, you, you wanted them to behave. But, um, but I still sometimes make the mistake to pity the other side too much. And then I say, okay, I mean, everybody chooses his journey. And um, I don't have to, to be too much attached to that. I mean, I understand it, but still, I can understand everything. It's fine, but, um, but for the future, people should behave differently. Okay, tell us a little bit more about your, about your mission. I mean, like, what are you doing, actually? And uh, how was uh, the, the, the COVID year or one and a half years uh, in, in the Netherlands for you? It's been a challenge. Um, my, my mission would be, in, in, in two words, uh, suicide prevention. You could also describe that as mental health. Mental health matters. My mission is to prevent as many people as possible from committing suicide, to show them that there is a way out, that there is hope, and that there are resources out there, and that there are people who care, and that there, there is a way to, to move forward even when it feels like you can't, or at the very least to, to, to get through what you're, you're going through. So my, that's my mission, the suicide prevention. I talk about mental health. I share my story. I share other people's stories as well. And I talk about this. I like, like you. I interview people. Um, I, I do writing, etc. So that's my mission. the The COVID year has been very, very challenging. It has. I mean, I mean, my my. You, you'll like this. My my girlfriend is actually a psychologist. <laughs> she's a she's a practicing psychologist. So I do all this work on mental health. She does a lot of she, her 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 profession is being a psychologist. So we 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 had. You know, now I'm older. I'm not 17 anymore. Now I do have some coping mechanisms. I do have some strategies. It was still tough. It, it was tough. I mean, it, it was a challenge. Um, I think we felt safe in our apartment, but it was very tough. I found people in the area, and I don't want to speak badly here, but it was tough to keep distance, and not everyone would wear a mask, and not everyone was keeping distance, and, and it, it felt like not everyone cared. Um, and and uh, so it, it was hard to sometimes go out into the world Uh, when when there was no vaccine yet and when the, the COVID was raging on because 
because people can be people. Um, so those were some of the challenges, but we, we, we used our resources. We were reading books, we watch movies, we talk, uh, we, we talk on video with our friends, we talk with each other. We have, we have coping mechanisms, but it was tough. So you have been in, in the Netherlands since uh, four years already, more or less. Uh, yeah, three and a half years, almost four years, exactly. Yeah. How would you um, describe it? I mean, is the 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 Dutch uh, public is it is the the Dutch public open to your message? Are they interested, or is it still uh, strange or depleting or tough sometimes? Am am I allowed to uh, speak my mind here and be fully myself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, and I, it's not, you know, we could be really open. I mean, this doesn't have to. This is not an accuse. This is just the experience of maybe two people who yeah. who want more, you know, who, who, who think it's not enough. What is going what, what 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 is going on right now? So tell me, what what do you think about? Well, Let's let's uh, pull back that that curtain and, and share openly. Well, the Dutch, the the Dutch are known to be humble, and they're known to be direct. And there's a quirk in their culture, and 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 uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but but uh, Christian, you're, you're you're I love on LinkedIn how you say be yourself no matter what they say. They're 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 direct, but they don't like it when you're direct with them. So there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. And, and, and I think people would be, they'd be very offended if they heard me say that. Look, I'm sharing my experience. People are welcome to disagree. People are welcome to share their own experience. I'm just sharing my opinion and my experience for the record. Um, I do have Dutch friends. It's not like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like off by myself all the time, but specifically Christian, they don't really put themselves out there. So they're humble. And then you get someone like me, and, and for me, it's not about ego. I'm not talking about my turning point, or like I mentioned my turning point. I mentioned this, this hard event I went through at 17. I'm not sharing that to, to make it all about me. Truly, from the core of my soul, mark my words, from the core of my soul, I do it to help other people. And the Dutch, a lot of them, they don't get it. They don't get it because they don't put themselves out there themselves. And it's easier to criticize somebody. It's either it's easier to put someone else down than to take action and put yourself out there. And look, I have a lot of people who support me, and just like any any other public figure, author, speaker, I also have my fair share of critics. I have people in the Netherlands who support me. I have people who like me here, and I also have people who criticize me here. I do think that their culture is a little bit weird. I think that they're that. They're, they they could be a little bit less judgmental. Um, it's a very harsh culture in terms of their judging of others. And also, I think there's a little bit of hypocrisy. I'm being very, very open right now. This is very honest. It's very direct, where the Dutch, they like to be direct with you. And then when you're direct with them, they get offended. I don't mind the Dutch being direct with me. But what I do mind is them getting offended when I'm direct with them. I don't like the one-way street. And that's probably been one of my big struggles here in the country. Thank you for letting me be fully myself and to express myself uh, without auditing myself. Yeah. You know what, Jeff? I, I I don't know if this is if this is 
the Netherlands, I really have to tell you, because I could, you know, I could also, you know, maybe I'm a little bit not just with Germany, because this is what I think is the case in Germany too. I think that people have problems, hide their problems. I might be allowed to say that I have or had a problem, but they will never admit that they have a problem themselves. If I would say that not just I have problems, but a lot of other people have problems too, and that there is something hidden, and even if I don't say that directly to a special person, even if I just say that, that society covers up things, some people help me, but there is a big resistance still. In a way, I don't understand that because I think what's the problem to say there is something challenging right now and not to judge it in the way just to analyze it, to say, okay, there is something that we have to face. A person has to face, but also others in the, in a, in a, in a surrounding has to face. And we, we go through this. And we thrive through this as a person, as a family, as a group of people, as a, a, a team and a company, as, I don't know what, a society. And um, maybe this is European. I, I have no idea. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out the, the, uh, um, the differences between the countries because in all the countries you have good things and bad things and 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 it's it cannot be and it is not that germany is all the time just bad and just conservative and the only one who this is bullshit but in this respect europe could be something very great i mean very diverse i mean if if cultural views on mental health And I think you came a little bit with the U.S. background, you know, to be open and to present from the beginning who you are. This is a little bit, might be a little bit more the, the, the U.S. culture than it might be in Europe, that you present everything from the beginning, you know? I, I want to share something very quickly because you're, 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 you're speaking music to my ears and I want to connect the dots here because I'm agreeing that we, we, need, to, we need to stop hiding stuff and I want to share this and I really I, I it's coming to my intuition right now I truly believe that you just touched on something very wise and universal it might be a human condition that's not European because I, I'm not kidding with you when I lived in America people were covering things up and hiding stuff and 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 not being open about their challenges and And look, the Dutch might think, oh, Jeff is American, he's open about stuff. And that's a, that's a superficial uh, sort of observation. But I think what you just said is very wise and I felt, I felt a very good, powerful connection there. It, it, I believe truly we're all one people. Uh, all, all culture is, is made up and, and, and there's no separation, we're all connected. And I truly believe it's not just Germany or the Netherlands. Like you said, there are good people here too. And I, for the record, there are great aspects to the Netherlands. I, I, I don't want people to think that I'm throwing the Netherlands under the bus. What I think you just said, and you made me realize, wait, it's a universal human condition. And then what happens is people all judge each other. 
So every country judges each other, every culture judges each other, and then everyone thinks, oh, it's the other culture. Well, guess what? People in America are just like people in Germany and the Netherlands. And, and that's been my experience. I'm not just saying that people will hide stuff and they cover it up and they don't face the truth and they're not open. And that's what I've experienced, honestly, in, in, in all across the United States. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I think you've touched on a universal truth. Maybe it's not the Dutch culture. Maybe it's people in general. <laughs> I hope that uh, uh, the people that are listening to us, to, who are listening to this podcast, like to be the listeners of our good connection and deep connection and, and, and deep talk now. And I really hope that they don't take it, that nobody, whoever listens to this, takes it as um, two people who think they are better than the other ones. It's just some people get certain, are kicked into certain edges, callings, and the one calling could be something else. I mean, it's the best when you follow your, your own calls. And, um, and our calls seem to be encourage people, encourage people to talk about that because it's so healing. I mean, for you and me, this is a healing talk. I just know that. But I hope that everybody who, who listens to this talk is in our healing circle, let's say, and who just doesn't want to be inside, it's okay too. But hopefully it, the circles get broader and we understand each other better. And um, yes, I, this, is, this is what I really hope. I mean, like... Uh, I still think that it's sometimes very hard, but the liberation of myself, not having to hide all the time these things, is such a big treasure for me and in my personality. In my, I mean, no, not everybody has to do that, but in my experience. So... Um, It could be for another one too, but it could not, you know, it's just, uh, what do you think, Jeff? I, I want to thank you for connecting those dots. I, I completely agree that this is very healing. And I, I, I believe, and I know you've touched on a universal truth here. And for, for the record, while, we're, while we're, we're still talking, yeah, it's not that we're saying other people are, are, are bad, What we're, what we're saying, or at least, at least in my experience, one, one of the takeaways is that it's universal. It's not just a particular country or location. It, it, everywhere there are challenges and struggles and, and judgments and misunderstandings. And, and I'm seeing, I'm, 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 I just saw it in my mind, it's, it's, it's all one people. And we're just all judging each other and we're all misunderstanding each other. But the healing is to realize that, I, you know, I, I was criticizing the Dutch culture a bit, but, but you helped me see because of your wisdom that it's actually a universal human condition that I was experiencing this in America and, and I'm experiencing it here and it's in, it's elsewhere in other parts of Europe and I'm, I'm, and I'm, it's in Asia, it's in other parts of the world as well. So the healing is to realize that we're actually all connected. We're all one people and it might seem like we're different and we're from different backgrounds and countries and, and, and ethnicities, but really we're all connected. That's the healing. So it led to a beautiful conclusion 
once we went through the mud and the weeds. And I, I, I'm, I'm inspired right now. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by your wisdom. I'm inspired. I think this was a, I know this was a beautiful conversation and, and wow, um, what, what a great conversation to, 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 to just be open. And, and look, yesterday on Facebook, I shared, uh, yesterday I shared my uh, lifelong fear of dogs uh, due to a traumatic incident I had as a child. And I decided I'm not going to hide that anymore. And, and that's what I shared on Facebook. I'm only using that as an example to say that you're right, that there's great liberation in not hiding things and just sharing. And I, lo- I, I always tell people, be open, be transparent. And, and some people, like you said, some people love it and other people look at me like I'm crazy. But I'm very open. I'm very open on social media. I'm very open in person. I'm very open on the phone. That's who I am. But I don't do that for me. I do it to help other people. So share your story, uh, the listener, share your story because it liberates yourself and helps others at the same time. Wow, Jeff, that's, that's a good final word and a f- good final conclusion. So thank you very much for this podcast. And uh, I will switch uh, into German again and you will understand anyway. Um, ja, ähm, ich habe mich gerade bei Jeff bedankt. Ihr habt bestimmt verstanden, was er gesagt hat. Er hat halt gesagt, dass... Ähm, mich ein wenig bestätigt beziehungsweise auch seine eigene Erfahrung ähm, zum Ausdruck gebracht, dass es sehr befreiend sein kann, wenn man so weit ist und wenn man es wirklich mag und wenn man glaubt, dass das der richtige Zeitpunkt ist, ja, auch Dinge zu erzählen, von denen man glaubt, dass, dass man sich dafür schämen muss und, ähm, und das, das heilt und das öffnet wirklich das öffnet wirklich für neue Räume und auch wenn es dann nicht immer alles sofort großartig und klasse und anhaltend gut ist, aber es heißt dann doch, dass man aus Krisen zum Glück kommen kann, wie äh, dieser Podcast ja heißt und äh, damit beschließe ich jetzt diesen Podcast, bedanke mich recht herzlich nochmal auf Deutsch bei Jeff, hoffe, dass ich bald mit ihm wieder sprechen kann in irgendeinem anderen Zusammenhang und äh, wir hören uns in zwei Wochen wieder, ich freue mich darauf, ich hoffe, dass die äh, Stimmung besser ist. Jeff und ich haben davon gesprochen, dass wir unsere Impfung bekommen in dieser Woche, der Podcast, wir befinden uns jetzt ähm, Mitte, Ende Juni. Der Podcast wird ein bisschen später veröffentlicht. Also wenn ihr das hört, dann sind Jeff und ich zumindest schon mal das erste Mal geimpft und ihr vielleicht auch schon das eine oder andere Mal. Und hoffentlich haben wir dann auch gutes Wetter. Und ähm, dann hat sich vielleicht auch das eine oder andere Mental Health Thema erledigt. Und ähm, ja, irgendein interessantes Thema ist dann wieder an der Reihe. Bis dahin. Tschüss.